Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. Faithful Indian companion Tottle, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. The Lone Ranger and Toto were camped on the bank of a wide stream. On the opposite side was a high cliff with a ledge that jutted out over the water like a canopy. Toto, gazing into the sky at the afternoon sun, shifted his eyes suddenly to the top of the cliff as gunshots echoed from above on the opposite shore. Kimosabe, look! There's a man riding to the edge of the cliff. Someone's shooting at him, Toto. Uh-huh. We can't help him. There's no place we can cross the stream here. The only bridge to the other side is many miles back. Toto, he's at the edge of the cliff. He's going over the side into the water. The horseman, looking over his shoulder in panic, was at the edge of the overhanging ledge. Two more shots rang out behind him, and his horse slumped to the ground. The man's arms flailed wildly, and with a stifled yell, he plunged downward into the water. Toto, get a rope ready. I'm going in after that man. The Lone Ranger dived into the stream. And with long, powerful strokes, swam to the spot where the man's body was coming to a red-stained surface. The Lone Ranger placed his arm behind the man's head at the same moment that Toto cast his lariat in a wide arc out over the water. 
taking the circle of rope, the masked man placed it over the head and around the waist of the wounded man. They'll get you back to shore quicker this way. Pull, Toto! Toto pulled on the rope as the Lone Ranger, swimming strongly with one free arm, kept the man's head above the water with his other arm and guided him almost along the surface to shore. He's still alive, Toto. I can help him with first aid, but he'll need a doctor. The Padre has medical supplies at the mission. Get the horses ready while I bandage him. Then we'll go to the mission. Me do it, The Padre placed the old man in a bed in the adobe house near the mission building. He hurried out into the field and sent his worker, Raphael, to town for a doctor. Then he returned and wordlessly assisted the lone ranger as the latter applied medication and bandages to the wounded man. Outside the house a short time later, the Padre shook his head sadly as he spoke to the lone ranger. This is most tragic thing. He has come to the mission only this morning to tell me good news. Padre, you know, you know this man? But of course, see. His name is Hopper. Tom Hopper. Doesn't he own a large cattle ranch somewhere around here? See, he has a great large ranch, only he has not raised cattle this year. Oh. He get rid of cow hens, is planning to sell his cattle, and prepare to go to California once he has completed sale of his ranch land. He tell me all this this morning. He's very happy then. No, he's maybe to die. Padre, I don't think he'll die. I have sent my man, Raphael, for doctor. They return soon. Good. Do you know who might want to kill Tom Harper? No. He's a good man. Always have friends. But I have not told you all. The bad part is, he is on his way to meet his daughter when he leave here this morning. Daughter? See, he have daughter he send east to school. Long time ago when his wife died. Now that he prepared to go to California, she leaves school and come here to go west with him. She come on stagecoach that arrived four o'clock today. It's after three now. Padre, I think we'd better assume the responsibility of meeting her. I'll send Tonto to bring her here. And you can tell her what happened and do whatever you think is wise. When Susan Harper stepped from the stagecoach at four o'clock, there was a look of anticipation in her lovely blue eyes. She searched the faces of those who waited at the station, but there was no sign of her father. She was about to turn away when a benign-looking man, white-haired and portly, came over to her and greeted her with a warming smile. I beg your pardon. You're Susan Harper, aren't you? Why, yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I knew it. You're very beautiful. And yet you have something about you that reminds me of Tom. His eyes, I think. Well, thank you. But where is Dad? He was heartbroken, Miss Harper, but he had to go out of town for the day. Finishing a business transaction, I believe. He sent me to meet you. Oh. I'm his friend, Ed Fletcher. Well, how do you do, Mr. Fletcher? I don't mean to look disappointed. I know Father's selling the ranch and all Oh, that. he'll return tomorrow, Miss Harper. And meanwhile, I'll take you to my place. To and... your place, Mr. Yes. Fletcher? Yes. <laughs> Don't look so askance. Your father made the arrangements. Afraid you may not like to spend a night alone at the ranch with the wind and coyotes howling outside. Oh, that's right. I'd forgotten there's no one there now. My housekeeper, Mrs. Ridgely, isn't quite as frightening as the night sounds. <laughs> She'll look after you, Miss Harper. Don't worry. Oh, all right. Shall we go now? Oh, yes, yes, this way. My horse and buggy is right over here. 
was 20 after 4 when Tonto, who had galloped all the way, arrived at the stagecoach station. There was no sign of anyone who might be the young Susan Harper he had been told to greet. He asked questions of hangers-on at the station and learned that a young girl of her description had left with a gambler called Deke, who was white-haired and fat. When Tonto learned nothing more, he rode away to the Harper Ranch, where the Lone Ranger was waiting. Get him up, Scout! Meanwhile, Deke Fletcher, the man who had met the girl, was meeting with land speculator Dodd Gifford in the latter's home three miles from town. Well, Dodd, it's all set. I met the girl at the station. She's over at the cabin now. Mamie's looking after her. That's the blonde woman you go with? Yes, yes, the girl thinks she's my housekeeper. When's the fellow from the railroad company coming to buy the property from Harper? No, he's not due for a week yet. I'm not worried about that part. I have to get ownership of Harper's property before then. Well, like you said when we planned it, the girl will be so upset when she finds out her old man is dead that she'll do anything. I'm depending on that. That's why I want some letters planted in Harper's house this evening. Letters showing that he was going to sell the property to me. You've got the letters ready? For weeks. Pete and Bandy will put them in the Harper house tonight. Oh. Have you heard from the boys since they got rid of Harper? No, and I don't want to until after sunset. And we're going to jump him on the cliff trail and keep him or his body hidden until tonight. That way, everything will be set before the old man's body is found in the morning. Yes, I see. You're not going to spring the letters on the girl right away, are you? No, I'll wait a day or two. I like the part of family friend. Well, you are, aren't you? You and Tom Harper became real friendly this past month. Yes. <laughs> when I heard the railroad people were going to buy up his property. I know all there is to know now, though, and... It... Oh, who can that be? Pardon me. Who's there? Sir, boss. Pete and Bandy. Open up, huh? Pete and Bandy. What? I thought I told you not to come here until after dark. Close the door. Oh, we had to come, boss. Something went wrong. What? Don't say you didn't get Harper. We shot him all right. He's dead. Only tried to make a run for it. We shot his horse, too, but he went over the cliff into the water. Where do you have his body? We don't have it. That's why what? we're here. We went to the bridge and we rode down to opposite where he went over. His body wasn't there. Boss, we walked up and down the banks of the stream for a couple of hours. No sign of him. Yeah, the body must have got stuck in the rocks. It might be found by now, too. You certainly bungled that job, you two. Well, if he's dead, what's it matter? It matters that I haven't planted certain letters and papers in his house, as I must do to make my plan work. Look, the sheriff's out of town. You got him and his posse to go off on a goose chase after the rustlers in the canyon. Yes, that's right, Dad. Sheriff Maxwell certainly fell for that. And his men won't be back before sundown, that's sure. All right. But our time schedule's off. I can't chance waiting till this evening to plant the papers. Pete, you and Bandy are going to the Harper Ranch now. Sure, boss. I'll tell you what I want done, and make sure you do it right. Meanwhile, Deke, I think you'd better get back to the cabin and entertain your guest. Keep her occupied. I'd be very happy to. Be careful now, boys. I'll see you later. <laughs> Tonto had ridden directly to the Harper Ranch House when he'd failed to meet Susan Harper at the stagecoach station. The Lone Ranger, who had been looking through the house for some information that might lead him to the men who shot Harper, listened to the Indian's story as he rearranged papers and closed the desk drawers. Then he spoke. Everything's in order again. 
Toto, you say Susan Harper was met by a man known as Deke? Uh-huh. Perhaps we'd better go back and... Toto, look, riding through the front gate, two men. Uh, one of them looked like bad hombre. You didn't leave your horse where it could be seen, did you? Uh, no, Kimosabe. Leave it in Grove at rear, with silver. Good. They won't know we're here, then. Uh, you talk to them? No. We'll get into that large closet back there. Have your gun ready. Uh, Kimosabe. They may be friends or employees of Tom Harper, but I want to find that out without asking them. Pete and Bandy entered the house, looked into the adjoining rooms, and then took envelopes from their pockets, the envelopes that had been given to them by Dodd Gifford. Pete started to place the packets in a drawer of the large desk in the corner. Then he stopped. Bandy, you read any of these letters the boss is having us plant here? No, Pete, you can guess what's in them, though. They're supposed to be letters he wrote to Harper arranging to buy his ranch. Yeah, I know that. They'll make the girl think Harper was going to sell to the boss instead of the railroad. So with her father dead, she'll take his prize. Then he gets $50,000 from the railroad when he owns the property and they have to buy from him. Yeah, I was thinking of that. That's why I want to see how much he's going to pay the girl. And it should be in one of these letters. I'm going to look. Pete, with no protest from Bandy, went through the envelopes until he came to one that interested him. Here it is, Bandy. This is the one that tells how much he... Why, uh... Hey, do you know what? He's only going to pay her 10000 for the ranch. If she sells it to him. Yeah, if she sells it to him. We kill Harper for him, and he promises us $300 apiece, which we didn't get yet. Deke's sort of a partner of the boss's, and the boss told him he's only getting 20000 from the railroad. What a dirty crook. Yeah, cheat us, Woody. Well, we'll show him. Pete, what do you mean? We don't leave these letters here. Deke's got the girl at this place, hasn't he? She thinks he's Harper's friend, doesn't she? That's right. So we'll tell Deke the setup. Let him buy the ranch from the girl instead of the boss. He can get the money. And then when he sells to the railroad, we cut three ways. And the boss yeah, can... Yeah, he sure can. Come on, forget about those letters. We'll go see Deke now. Well, let's make it fast. You heard that, Tonto. Those must be the men who shot Tom Harper. We know the reason why, too. Uh, girl with man called Deke. We've got to get her away from them, Tonto. We've got to find out who the man is they call the boss. We're going to follow them. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
to continue. The Lone Ranger and Tonto followed the gunmen, Pete and Bandy, to an isolated cabin a few miles from the Harper Ranch. They tied their horses in the brush and watched from there as the two men knocked on the cabin door. Pete and Bandy didn't enter. Instead, they were joined by a portly, white-haired man who led them away from the cabin to a small stable in the rear. That white-haired man must be Deke. Uh, I want to talk about their plan double-cross away from the girl. That's why they've left the cabin. Uh, that mean girl alone in house. There may be someone with her. That is, if they're holding her there against her will. We're going to find out. Come along. Mamie Sterling, blonde and buxom, got up from the chair on which she was sitting, opposite Susan Harper. She went to answer the knock on the cabin door. She stepped back wide-eyed as the masked man holding a gun pushed inside. The sight of the Indian behind him set her trembling. She cowered as she spoke to the Lone Ranger. Who are you? What do you want? I want to speak to this young lady. You, you want to speak to me? I don't be frightened, miss. You're Susan Harper, aren't you? Tom Harper's daughter? Well, yes. Otto, see if this other woman remains over there. If she attempts to talk or scream... She do me, make her stop. Don't keep away from me. I won't scream. Be sure you don't. Otto, look in the other rooms and there's see if there's... nobody in the other rooms. All right. All right, I'll keep quiet. Uh, me look, Kimos. You're going to rob us. On the contrary, Miss Harper. We've come to save you from robbers. From the people who are holding you here. You're crazy, you... We're not holding her here, are we, Susie? Oh, no, I I'm staying here until my father returns from a trip he made. You'd wait a long time if you did that, Miss Harper. Your father is lying in bed wounded what? in a mission house just a few miles from here. Oh, no. Wounded? Yes, wounded. I must tell you the truth in a hurry, Miss Harper. He was shot by the two men who came to this place a few minutes ago. Deke is with him now. Oh, but Mr. Fletcher's been so kind to me. He's father's friend. He's one of four men who planned your father's death. With your father dead and you inheriting his property, they'd expected to get it from you for much less than it's worth. I don't believe you. I'm speaking the truth, Miss Harper. One look at that woman over there should convince you. She knows I speak the truth. I don't know anything. Never mind about her or Mr. Fletcher or anyone else. I want to know about my father. You say he's been shot. Yes, hurt badly, but not fatally. Yes, Tonto? Uh, nobody in another room. I told you there wasn't. You shut mouth. I, I didn't mean to. Keep away from me. You remain quiet, Tonto. You go to the rear window and watch for those three men. I'll keep an eye on her. Uh -huh. Miss Harper, I'm going to talk fast. And if you don't believe what I tell you, then I'm going to give you the chance to prove what I say is true. I can't believe you, but... Well, go ahead. I'll listen. Quickly, the Lone Ranger told of all he had seen and heard that day. Then when there was still a shadow of doubt in the girl's eyes, he outlined a course of action. The girl listened and finally relented. Perhaps you're right. It's simply that I just can't believe that men would do such horrible things for money. Face Deke Fletcher and tell him what I told you to say. You'll be convinced that some men are that bad. Don't pay any attention to him, dearie. If he Take her to the next room, Toto. Make sure that she's kept quiet. Uh, men come from stable now. Lady, you come, please. Get your hands off me, you filthy redskin. I said you'd go into the next room with him. All right, I... I'm going. Tonto, I'll be in the room on the other side. Uh, he must have it. When Tonto led Mamie Sterling from the room, the Lone Ranger had to convince Susan Harper once more that she had no reason to fear him. His voice and manner convinced her. 
She agreed again to follow his instructions. And as he entered the other empty room, he gave her a last warning. Now tell him everything I told you. Otherwise, we may not find out who this boss is. And the names of the two men he's been with are Pete and Bandy. I remember. Close the door, they're coming. Well, girls, I'm sorry. I... Miss Harper, what's the matter with you? Where's Mamie? She's gone. Gone, but... Girlie, why are you looking like that? Mr. Fletcher, you can tell your boss and Pete and Bandy that they're not going to get Dad's ranch. Uh, what, what did you say? You heard me, Mr. Fletcher. And it's plain to see that you know just what I mean. Uh, what, what kind of nonsense are you talking? Mamie tell that you doesn't that... matter, Mr. Fletcher. I'm telling you something. Father isn't dead. Your friends Pete and Bandy didn't kill him as they were supposed they to. They didn't kill him. I mean, where is your father? You're talking crazy. I want to prove it. Father's wounded. But he's being cared for in an adobe hut on the mission grounds over here. Wait, wait. You haven't left this place. How do you know all this? Mamie knows it too. But she's not here. You're a very smart young lady. Very dangerous. I'll have to take care of you. But first, I'd better let the boss know if he doesn't already. You stand right there. Pete, Bandy, come here. Deke Fletcher, visibly unsettled, stood in the doorway as the two crooks who had been waiting in the rear came in summons to his call. What is it, Deke? Did you make up your mind about us taking over? Forget about that. You two fools ruined everything. You didn't kill Tom Harper. He's still alive. What? You're crazy. I'm not. But the boss will be crazy when he finds out. Now listen, you go to him. Tell him Harper's being looked after by the Padre at the mission. Let him take it from there. Deke, Harper saw us today. He knows it was us who shot him. Yeah, the sheriff will be back. Well, you'll have to take care of him. You tell the boss. Have him give you the word what to do. But how do you know? I know, that's enough. Now get going, get going quick. The two men hurried to their horses. Deke Fletcher closed the door and turned to speak to Susan Harper. But he faced a masked man holding a gun. All right, Fletcher. You did exactly as I hoped you would. Hey, uh, trick. Stranger, you were right. Otto, bring that woman out here. Uh, you say keep woman quiet. Me tire, put cloth in mouth. You want? No, that's fine. I've only had this fellow to take care of. Otto, follow those two men who just left here. Don't let them out of your sight. Uh-huh, Miss Harper, hold my gun while I tie and gag <laughs> yes. Deke. The Lone Ranger bound and gagged Deke Fletcher, then placed the portly crook and Mamie Sterling together and bound them once more so that neither was able to move. That'll hold you for days if necessary, but it won't be necessary. The sheriff will have his men pick you up before long. Ready, Miss Harper? We're leaving? Yes, for the mission. We want to protect your father. I don't understand. You're helping me, I know, and... But yet, why have you let those men leave if they intend once more to try to kill Dad? They won't kill him. I'll make sure of that. We're going to him now. But you didn't answer me. I let them go because they'll lead us to their boss. The man who plotted against your father. We must learn who he is, and we can't waste time talking to Fletcher or the woman. Oh, and your Indian friend will trail them and learn where the man is. Yes, and he'll learn who he is and be able to identify him. After that, it won't matter whether or not the boss comes to the mission with Pete and Bandy. Tano will tell the sheriff, and the boss will be arrested no matter where he is. But if he does come to the mission, Miss Harper, we'll see what happens. It's getting dark now. We'll go. Don Gifford, the boss, was shocked almost to the point of panic 
when Pete and Bandy came to him with the information about Tom Harper. If he lives, I'm ruined. He'll know the answers to everything. Deke says his daughter does already. We'll have to kill her, too. I should kill you for bungling the job. How are we going to take care of him, or aren't we? There's no alternative. We must kill him and the girl, too. I'm going with you to see there's no slip-up this time. Let's get out to the mission before the sheriff returns to town. Pete had left Bandy and Dodd Gifford in the underbrush while he crawled to the adobe hut where he'd been told Tom Harper was being kept. He came back through the darkness a short time later. Hey, boss. Harper's in bed, all right. I could see him through the window. Anybody watching him? Only one fella, that little guy that works for the Padre, Raphael. He's dozing by the bed. What are we waiting for, then? You're right. Let's get this over and take off for Deke's place. Don Gifford remained outside the adobe hut as Pete and Bandy pushed inside. Raphael leaped to his feet. Senores, why you have those guns? To kill our friend there in bed, the tough man who refused to die the first time. Who, who is that? Oh, you can talk too, huh, Harper? Well, it's us, the guys who put you where you are now. Only now we've come to put you into the next world for good. Stand aside, Raphael. We'll handle you later. <laughs> No! Oh, yeah. oh, I think the law's ready to handle you instead, Pete. Look at my wrist. It's got to have handcuffs on it, Pete. Sheriff Max, they right? were watching and listening from that back window. Oh. Yes, we've been expecting you. Oh. The sheriff was here when I came from Deke Fletcher's. Deke, you were at Deke? Yes, and he told me all about you, Pete. The sheriff knows, too. I've had everything explained to me while we waited for you two, stranger. These papers in Pete's pockets, they're the ones you told me about. Yes, false letters written by the boss to prove that Harper was going to sell the land to him. Oh, Padre, what's the matter? Look behind you, senors. At the door. It is Tonto. Uh, me gut boss. Me catch him outside. The boss? Dodd Gifford. You were behind this? Gifford. Oh. I should have known. You did well, Tonto. I thought the sheriff might have to go after this man. Oh, Dad, I'm so happy. It's turned out exactly like the stranger said it would. Yes, dear. Sheriff, you don't need any more evidence against these men than you have, I imagine. But if you do, I think I can give it to you. When the time comes, we'll get it. Right now, we'll arrest these varmints. Take them to the Hoosgow men. Right, Sheriff. Come on. And pick up Deke Fletcher and the woman on your way to town. All right, Sheriff. Take Sheriff. The first, Sheriff, where's the mask man? I'd like to thank him. Where is he? Why, he's right. No, he's not. He go. He an Indian go. Is that not so, Padre? It is his way, Raphael. When he has helped those in trouble, then he disappears into the shadows. You mean he's, he's always helping people? See. Si. Wherever there's trouble, there you will find him. Oh, Dad, isn't that thrilling? Oh, but, Padre, who is he? Well, I think the sheriff realizes who he is. Isn't that so, Sheriff? I certainly do. Miss Susan, that was the greatest man in all the West. He's the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Enterprises, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. A part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Brace Beamer.